tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Wifeville UFO, Ohio Prostitute, and Beatty Castle. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Is is there a reason that you chose to go with Robert? Uh, actually, this as time? I said it in my mind, I was like, don't I normally go by Robbie in, in, in these? And mm-hmm. uh, there mm-hmm. was like some frantic thoughts in my mind like should i correct myself and say robbie no just keep pushing on man just keep pushing on i i thought maybe you were you were going by your formal name because of the gravity of the episode that we're about to record yes we have a, or we are recording we're not about to we're doing it right now it's happening we have arrived and uh we have arrived at episode 69 nice a big Big moment. Yeah. Also, um, if I can remember somewhat clearly, we started, we released, I think, our first pod episode in late September of 2017. So I think this is also our three-year anniversary episode. Holy crap. At least that we're recording. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I I didn't. What? Crystal, I, <laughs> I didn't get you a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I I completely blanked it's a, on this. Oh God! It's okay. I I only re- I only remembered it like yesterday when I was like, didn't we start this? Then we released started re- releasing episodes. I think it was in late September of 2017. I kind of so, remember we were no worries. I kind of remember us planning on doing like a one year anniversary episode, and then we just didn't mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> no, we didn't do a two-year one either. Yeah, I don't yeah think, by so. that point, like, I'd really kind of lost track of time. Wow, three years, Crystal. Three years of us watching Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries and then getting yeah. online to talk about it, as well as sharing all yeah. of our embarrassing medical and digestive mm-hmm. issues. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been quite a ride. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. doing this program, and I, I look forward to doing it for many more years to come. Yeah, I'd say it's really come to be an important touchstone in my life as well, like when everything else is, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me, sorry. Uh, no, I understand. I was, Let me tell you, that, that stre- there's a stretch of uh, that, that rough patch of like six months uh, uh, when I was in uh, Reno. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we 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 I we had to take a little hiatus, not related to that. I think there was just other things going on. I mean, we've really in these last three years been through it. And what I I started laughing, but what I wanted to say was that sometimes making your way in the world today takes everything that you've got. And sometimes I like to get away um, to a place where everyone knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always glad you came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> da, 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 da. 
Uh, Are there any Cheers podcasts? There must be, right? There's a podcast for everything. Yeah, there's got to be like so many. There's like, do you know how many episodes of Cheers there are, period? Not even like podcasts, just episodes of Cheers. There's like 400 episodes of Cheers. It was a long running uh, show, yeah. It was on for 11 seasons, and I think each, because it was old time TV, Mm -hmm. so each season was like 22 to 24 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, just do the math, you guys. Same story with uh, Unsolved Mysteries here. Unsolved Mysteries, apparently, so last week we recorded, Unsolved Mysteries was saying their next episode was going to be the 100th episode. And um, I'm not sure that's what we, in the Amazon Prime slash YouTube order, I'm not sure that's what this it is. It didn't feel like it. I I was watching, when, when, this, when this episode started, I was like, if it was the 100th episode, they, they would have been... I felt like there would have been a bigger to do. It just it felt very much like this was just an episode outside of that. Uh, that it was not mm-hmm. the one hundredth episode. It's just a, another conventional episode. Though I mean, in terms of the content of the episode, it is what I would have wanted from a hundredth episode because we get both a ghost and a UFO mm-hmm. segment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there is that. Like, but they don't draw any attention to it being the hundredth episode. So I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, this is just something else out of the, uh, the run order. Yeah. So if you guys are playing along at home, we're going to talk about season four, episode 18. So if you go on Amazon or you go on YouTube and you want to watch this, that's what it is. Um, and so I just, I feel like it's a really, it's such a jam packed episode. It was allegedly unsolved mysteries, hundredth episode. It's our 69th episode. Nice. It's our third three-year anniversary. It's a big day in um, Rumper land. This is a big day. So, so Connor, if you can like put in some celebratory sound effects or something here, that would be really appropriate. Thanks. Um, I've made a drink again. <laughs> That's not uh, unusual, but I've made a drink uh, and is very strong. And I drink because we are celebrating today, not because I am sad. So uh, here's to us, Clink. Clink. Um, I imagine you've got some apple crayon grape over there, maybe. What I have with me, before we started recording, I had shared that I had ate Taco Bell earlier. um, As well Mm -hmm. as sharing that I had already had my uh, disposal of the waste products that come afterwards. Um. But what I have is uh-huh. uh, served in uh, what I have is orange juice poured into the Taco Bell cup and ice that previously had a Dr. Pepper in it. Okay, so is there like a residual Dr. Pepper flavor? Is there like I don't Dr. Pepper flavor in the orange juice right now? I don't feel like there is. I think I, I did a pretty good job of just sucking out all the Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's it's just it's pretty much just I'm I'm tasting just conventional orange juice, but mm-hmm. um, it, it it is still delicious. I I really don't like Dr Pepper. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I used to hate the stuff because it has it just mm. has this weird taste to it. But it's got twenty three flavors allegedly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, like like tw- yeah t- t- twenty three. Things poured in, uh, what was uh, you know, components or whatever to the to to it. Yeah, 
yeah, no, it, it it is a weird tasting soda. When I was a kid, my parents, you know, my, if my mother, especially when we, we, we'd go up to Oregon to visit my extended family, because I feel like there was a lot of Dr. Pepper being drunk by my, like, hmm. by, by them. And I just, like, it was just, like, it was a soda I just, I couldn't drink. Well, I also feel like Dr. Pepper is one of those things that, it's one of those fizzy drinks that immediately goes flat. Like in order to enjoy a 12 ounce can of Dr. Pepper, you'd have to finish it in under a minute for it still to be <laughs> like cold and fizzy. Do you know what I'm saying? I actually, I think, uh, I don't think you're off base there at all. Uh, I, I that's mm. been my observations. Yeah, no, I, I get, I get it. Doc, Dr. T Pepper is just a weird fucking soda, man. It is a weird fucking soda. I, I just, I only drink it because of, this is going to sound weird. It was the f uh, favorite soda of someone who meant a lot to me. And after they passed away, <laughs> I just started drinking it. I guess maybe in some sort of weird way to like, you know, because it, it reminded me of them or whatever. And it just gradually yeah. over the course of time, I became accustomed to the taste. I feel like I drink Miller High Life for the same reasons. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Was, that was like that was like my dad's family. Uh. Like his family drinks drinks Miller High Life, but like I remember him he would be like MGD or Michelob or Miller High Life and um like always in a beer koozie. You know what I mean? You got to keep that stuff cold. Yeah. You got to keep it cold. Got to keep it cold. Um. So uh, anyway, this has become a bit maudlin. We were talking about pop fizzy sodas, but maybe we should talk about. Let's talk about UFOs. Um, Our first segment is the unexplained. And it actually it. It starts out with a sort of a comprehensive uh, UFO digest uh, from Unsolved Mysteries previous mm -hmm. seasons. And while admittedly one, at, one part of me is like, oh, well, this is just a bunch of clips that save them three mm -hmm. or four minutes worth of actual mm -hmm. production value. I do kind of feel like it's a neat... It is a really well put together sort of like summary of, you know, UFO activity as covered by Unsolved Mysteries up to that point. We got, mm -hmm. uh, they start out with Roswell and then they talk mm -hmm. about the, the UFO dog Kong toy that <laughs> crashed in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah, they, that was one of my favorites. Oh, was, I bet. I, I I remember we we talked. To, you know, I remember how excited we were when we saw that that, that Kong. It was like wondering whether yeah. there was peanut butter sho shoved into there or not. Yeah. Um. Then what was the uh, what was the order of uh, Oh, and, the, and they and they talk about my my favorite UFO segment, the one out out at the Air Force Base and U.S. Air Force Base in England. Um, mm -hmm. where you, we, we got all, all the different types of you, you know, they give us all the good money shots from that segment too, of the UFO flying yeah. up in the air, the, the, that, that red eye thing, uh, you know, scattering all over the place. Yeah. We, 
we get Betty Cash talking about how her family encountered the UFO on the highway and got radiation mm-hmm. and poisoning. Got, and Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah that was the segment where they mentioned Texas Senator Lloyd Benson, 1988 Democratic nominee <laughs> for vice president. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, and then they uh, they they wrap up by talking about our, our relatively recent uh, Netherlands uh, triangle UFO segment. So, right, and I believe that one is revisited in the new Netflix. Really, unsolved mysteries. Yeah, I think that's the UFO segment is going back to that. Oh, interesting. Well, I believe I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I thought it was the Belgium. Oh no, the Belgium. You. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't it know was what Belgium, I'm talking about. Not the Netherlands. You're right. I get those countries confused too. Sorry, everybody. I, I immediately I knew what you were talking about, but yeah. Um, I think the Belgium one is the one that gets revisited, if I recall, in the new Netflix series. But I might be wrong. That might actually be in France. That, but because I remember they were speaking French in the second. Well, they they speak French in Belgium. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. It might be it might be the same story from Belgium, or it might be a different one from France. But right. I remember they were speaking French. But yeah, but regardless, we got like this neat sort of overview of uh, UFOs, and it's mm-hmm. just it, it's it was something I didn't mind. Like, oh yeah, on the one level, it's all these clips, but on another, it's a well put together summary. But I kind of feel like. It would have been better used if, like, they had an episode that was just all UFOs, like, like some sort of special, like, mm-hmm. you know, like something they could have done on a hundredth uh, anniversary episode, just all UFOs, and then like that would be a nice right. opening for it because it's like tonight, and and so tonight we have four of these uh, uh, encounters, so but. Yeah, but as we as it is, we get a we we get a UFO segment. Uh, it takes us to Wythe, Wytheville, Virginia, uh, and mm-hmm. it covers a kind of a period of basically the late '80s, um, uh, where we we follow the exploits of the WYVE news director Danny Gordon <laughs> as mm-hmm. as he deals with UFOs. Uh, uh, um, plaguing this 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 town of 8000 people and that this was actually i feel like um sorry can i interrupt for a second i feel like if danny gordon was around today he would definitely listen to joe rogan's podcast (laughs) okay that's not i'm not making i'm not making a value statement one way or the other on that but just like that's how he struck me uh, yeah, I'd believe that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I, I, I could... Wait, when you say if he was around today, is has he passed away? No, I don't know. I didn't look it oh, up. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably alive. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> you know, I'm just like... I, maybe he's not very, like, online. Matt, you know what I'm well, saying? That... Maybe he's not, like, listening to podcasts. I mean, if he's listening to this podcast, I, I'll, I'll eat my hat. Oh but, my God! Uh, if, if Danny, if if we discuss, if we got an email in our inbox, reenactedpod at yeah. gmail uh, from Danny yes. Gor- Gordon over the next like week or two, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just writing in to let you guys know that uh, I actually listened to the podcast and I was very flattered, yeah, flattered to to be mentioned uh, in this this most recent episode and keep keep. I, well, we're not looking for any Danny. 
we're <laughs> keep rumping. We're not looking for any Danny Gordon. Specifically, we were looking the, for the Danny Gordon, who is the former news director of WYVE in Whiteville, Virginia. Yeah. Um. So if you're if you're just like name Danny Gordon, good for you. But like that's not. It's like not what we want <laughs> right now. <laughs> so somewhere somewhere in his home, there, there one of our li- one of our listeners who, who happens to be named Danny Gordon sort of slumps in his chair and Close, closes his Gmail browser. Yeah. Down. Uh, that was Aww. a nice thought. But yeah, no, uh this this is this was a very interesting segment because it was it came at it from a different angle. We I felt like we got a good a lot of like New, like radio news um stuff going on here it, it, it was it was just interesting mm-hmm. just for that but combined with also some ufo shots it, because yeah, yeah yeah um this one it started out like so wait a minute what radio news news radio <sighs> joe rogan podcast joe rogan was on news radio yeah that must be why my brain like made that connection. <laughs> I was actually With Danny Gordon. I didn't. I chose not to say anything, but in my mind, I was kind of wondering if you were like setting up a a, a, a sort of like a, a setup for a, a, a punchline later on. But I guess I guess it was all just subconscious stuff that it's just all free free association over here. Yeah. I don't have a punchline coming. You know, it's funny. Like, if 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 you watch news radio, his character on mm-hmm. it, on that show is obsessed with UFOs as well. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying, like, Danny. I feel like Danny Gordon. Like, I feel like Joe Rogan's. I'm again. I'm not casting this aspersions, dispersions. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. This is not a value statement or judgment for me. But I feel like Danny Gordon has very independent political views yeah and has also seen like a lot of ufos as we're about to talk about if i stop interrupting robbie so like i i think he is in that then like that venn diagram of people who listen to joe rogan's podcast basically i think people that listen or are attracted to joe rogan's podcast have either done a lot of drugs haven't done any drugs at all but all of them have definitely seen ufos I, I feel like yeah, I feel like you're 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 right. He is he is probably like smack dab in all those overlapping circles. Um but yes. So Danny Gordon, he what was it? He he gets a uh someone's someone initially ca- uh contacted him uh or or no, no, he picked it. Was, it was some there was like some UFO sighting, and he thought it'd be funny to sort of run yeah. it as a, like a joke segment. Yeah, that was like their Friday night sign off yeah. or whatever. Was like here's the the fun fact of the week or the jokey segment of the week or something. Like yeah, like uh, sort of like apparently the similar to the one about like some police officer ended up shooting some chickens or something. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, he shot. He sh- shot. I remember it. It was like he shot. S- Five chickens with two bullets. That's that's not bad marksmanship at all. No, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but that gives you an okay. idea of as, as to what the normal content is yeah. on WYVE. And so you know they run they run what he you know he thought would be a joke 
segment, but then it just starts this deluge of people calling in with UFO uh, sightings. And Mm -hmm. um, it gets to the point where, like, he, he eventually dedicates, like, an entire, like, couple of hour block right to just like people gain to call in to mm-hmm. talk about ufos um and so then this this results in him and a friend named roger hall who i believe the D- danny played himself in the reenactment right i feel yeah i'm i don't think he did oh okay i didn't think he I didn't think he was playing himself oh. for whatever reason. Okay, cause, well, the guy they got to to play him looked pretty close. the The guy who played Roger yeah, he was Hall close, was, but he wasn't... was pretty a lot more vague in terms of his yeah. resemblance. But yeah, they 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 decided to go out driving, looking, I guess, for some UFOs, and they brought a bunch of cameras and stuff. And they were actually on their way back after having, you know, not found anything when they actually spotted a UFO. They get out of the car and we get treated to this. uh, I'd say it was probably like in terms of the quality of unsolved mysteries, UFOs. This one was kind of middle of the pack. Felt like we've gotten some really Mm -hmm. high quality ones, but this this wasn't one of Mm -hmm. them. But it wasn't one of the super bad ones in the past either. But they describe it sort of, you know, rising up and it rotates and there's these three long windows on the back and then it flies off. And once it's gone, Roger Hall asks Danny if he if he got any pictures. And of course he didn't. And we we, we have mm. this reenactment of them sort of being mm. irate at each other for not taking pictures. I mean, Danny's like, well, well you know, did you get any? And Roger's like, no, I left my camera on the, the trunk. And he picks the camera up from the trunk that they're leaning against. And while normally I feel like if I hear about people seeing a UFO and they had cameras and they didn't take pictures, my first instinct is to like sort of scoff. But I don't know, I guess if it's a sufficiently awe-inspiring experience i could understand maybe like your mind just getting so overwhelmed you you don't even do anything else right am i off base there i'm i guess i mean i saw a viral video recently of a bunch of people who were basically parked on the new jersey turnpike uh to film a quote-unquote ufo causing a traffic jam (laughs) but you know i don't know that's new jersey for you (laughs) Yeah, it it was the Goodyear blimp, by the way. It, it <laughs> oh, wasn't no. a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it was. Sorry, guys. Um. Yeah. Maybe it would be would be inspiring. I think I think it is. A, you know, we're kind of looking at it from this modern, like, oh, everyone's got a camera in their back pocket, and we're taking pictures constantly of everything. Right. And so, you know, I think it was less habitual, even if it was something extraordinary, to be like. Oh, yeah, let me, like, get my camera out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that Danny doesn't get some interesting evidence. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, like, the next night, they actually managed to get some pictures of of something. You know, they they have pictures of some lights and and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. They were actually planning on, uh, they're going to do a press conference. And what was it, the night before is when Danny gets the, ominous phone call 
and mm-hmm. the reenactment like really plays it up like as as the phone call goes on the music gets more and more sp- suspenseful along with this like beat that's like it's like it's replicating a human heartbeat like you know to convey how nervous he is danny the actress playing mm-hmm. danny's wife comes in and looks all worried um and in the course of this phone call, he gets it from like someone who's allegedly worked works for the CIA, who's warning him that some other guy tried to come forward with stuff like this, and and that the government gave his kid leukemia, and that they're going to come after. They might come after Danny in the exact same way. Yeah, Danny's going to get the leukemia. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny. He he describes how he uh, uh, not too long after that he went to some. He was on his way to some conference or something, and mm-hmm. a lot of people in the town he went to ended up with hepatitis, but he didn't. And he 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 explains mm-hmm. that if he had, he probably would have thought that that would have been connected, which was an interesting bit of sort of analysis. Um, but yeah, I mean that's re- we're really getting into Danny's like inner psyche right right like you know i probably would have concluded uh uh, i didn't get it so but i probably would have concluded if i if i was i i appreciate his his introspection on that matter but the phone call he gets like i mean obviously it's in the reenactment you get this idea like oh it's uh you know they're they're uh you know some someone the government is is uh is, is warning danny about you know, the trouble he might be getting into, but I kind of feel like the most likely explanation was this was just like a UFO nut who was just calling Danny up and, and, you know, just like, just, just expressing his own paranoia. Mm -hmm. That's, 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 that's what I feel was, was the case. Yeah. I, so Danny, like, he's, what happens right after this? He goes to some, he's at some supermarket? Yeah, yeah, the the, I, the next thing is the supermarket, uh, the, the great supermarket reenactment out in the dry, uh, the, the, yeah. the dry parking lot. There was like a, there was like a bus full of school children. Also, I'm like, why is there just like a bus full of school children? <laughs> at at, at like eight at night? Parking, just like abandoned. <laughs> yeah, just like abandoned in the parking lot. Like the bus driver just quit and, and left them there or something. And they're all, they're all really excited. And they're pointing at the sky and looking, you know, they're like halfway out the window. And then Danny that time grabbed his camera. Yes. And um, there's, uh, you, you know... They interviewed some other folks uh, from Wytheville that said they saw UFOs around this time. Mm-hmm. And what's really striking to me is like, so Danny grabs his camera. He's able to get off some pictures, which we actually see in the segment. Yeah. And but the, what really strikes me, though, is like how he, each time he sees a quote unquote UFO, it's diff- it looks different. Than the last time, and even during the supermarket, when he's describing the supermarket incident, um, the lights on the craft like change shape. Yes. Um, before they disappear, so they go from kind of like, if I recall, like spherical to egg shaped to like diamond shaped or something. Trapezoids, all sorts of just. Yeah. yeah, all the shapes before they disappear, and then 
which is very different than what he describes having seen because he described it as a carousel, right? The first time he saw it, it was like spinning multicolor lights. Yes. Yeah, and then that that lines up with what other people saw it was like the spinning carousel thing. But then what they saw in the supermarket parking lot was very different. There's just like not a lot of consistency on like what people are seeing, which I have some theories about. But we'll we'll finish talking about the segment. Okay. So then, um, yeah. So we we get a a, a par- grocery store parking lot full of people who are just like pointing at these lights transmorphing in the sky. Um, subsequently, like, was it like, was it after this, right after this, that Danny was visited by the two quote unquote newspaper reporters mm-hmm. or actually even before, uh, before that, um, earlier than, than that, uh, his house had been broken into, right. Uh, but nothing had been stolen. I, th- I thought it was news. I thought it was newspaper reporters and then break in. Was it break in the newspaper reporters? I feel like my, my recollection was that it was break in and then newspaper reporters. Cause then, um, cause the, these quote unquote newspaper reporters who basically seem to be asking him all the information that one would want. If you were like investigating how much of a UFO someone had seen and while in one guy's going around. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It was breaking, and then I—if only there were a wiki page in front of me that can answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and they're like, because like, and one of the two guys is going around take just taking pictures of everything, um, and so, but and then subsequently after that, we get a reenactment of Danny going through his different collections of film roles. Uh, mm-hmm. and the one container that had the, 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 the really the, 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 the top notch highest priority UFO pictures was empty. And it's just, I mean, and the reason I remember the order is it just struck me like, okay, so like they tried looking through his place, couldn't find it, sent the two guys in. You know, it's like they're sort of snooping around. And then we just like, they must, I, I remember thinking they must have really been on the ball because, like, when he discovers that the picture's gone, it's not like he recounted the house having been broken into a second time. These guys were in and out, unseen, undetected. Wait, 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 wait. And then Danny gets so stressed out that he's like hospitalized for exhaustion. He like basically has a panic attack. Right, right. And. And he kind of like, like after after the depiction of his his, um, his hospital visit, he kind of the segment like then ends with him talking. He's basically telling the audience like, "Don't look at the up to the skies. Don't look for UFOs. Just keep your head down on the ground and and just just ignore yeah. it." Because I wish I. But then like. But then, like, why is he on Unsolved Mysteries telling this whole story on national television? He wanted to be on TV. I, I... <laughs> but I thought he was so frightened of, like, the government or whoever, the men in black, I guess. Look, Christo, don't try to confuse the matter with logic and, and questions. He put the whammy on him. Um, so, Robbie, what do you think was happening in Wifeville, Virginia, 
in uh, whatever year this happened. Well, it's interesting. 1990, 91, I don't know. Unsolved Mysteries gives us some um, file footage of a stealth fighter. Right. Some stock footage of a stealth fighter. And they show show at one point, they show it at night with lights on. Mm Mm-hmm. And it does kind of look a little strange, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if, if I had, go ahead. If I had to guess, I would say they're they're flying. The military was flying something around that people were seeing. But Danny specifically said that he called the base, and they weren't doing anything. And the DOD up and down denied that they were flying around the area. And he also mentioned that the guy he spoke with at the DOD. Sorry for our non-american listeners um that's the department of defense that yeah the dod person said that ufos exist (laughs) so um which was interesting an interesting kind of bit that i didn't want to ignore because i think the dod has actually been pretty forthcoming with saying yes ufos exist but um (laughs) here's here's a, a couple of things about this. And so I think I'm inclined to agree with you because all of the sightings mentioned a strobing or a flashing light on the craft. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, what else has, what flying crafts have strobing or flashing lights? All of them, right? Airplanes, helicopters, yeah. um, stealth. And, and that's also like ground control can see you when they're having you come in for a landing, right? It's so that air traffic, you know, other aircraft can see you that strobing light to Mm -hmm. differentiate you, I guess, from another like planetary body or something else in the night sky. Um, because things, because you know, like the planet Venus doesn't strobe or flash in that way. No other object has been misidentified as a flying saucer more often than the planet Venus. So I think that's kind of what differentiates this UFO sighting from a lot of the other ones we've heard about unsolved mysteries is because it, it sounds like whatever this craft is, it does have some kind of earthly safety equipment on it with the flashing light. So I do think it was probably like experimental aircraft that people were seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think we've agreed. I mean, I've agreed. (laughs) I've agreed with myself (laughs) that, (laughs) that you, that I, you know, and the Department of Defense has said UFOs exist. Of course they exist. They're unidentified flying objects. Those exist. And there's been uh, a whole body of evidence and photographic evidence that suggests that they do. But in this particular case, I think just because it's unidentified to the people on the ground doesn't mean that the army or air force, whoever didn't know exactly what it was. One, one interesting note, like when they're ending the segment, Robert Stack is talking about like how at the height of the Whiteville UFO sightings, there was something like 5,000 calls. The radio station received a month, but now they're no, or no 500, 500, mm-hmm. but now they're only receiving 50 a month. So it seems that the, the, U, the UFO, stuff has uh, has has um died off but still at the same time 50 calls about ufos in a town of 8000 a month still seems like oh, abnormally high to me yeah that's a lot yeah. so i mean and and just yeah that so many people were seeing it that it was so blatant you know i i have to think it was probably just something the air force was playing around with you know yeah in the area okay yep. well 
That's one mystery solved. Shall we move on to the investigators? The investigators. So honestly, shouldn't this be wanted or unexplained death or something? I feel like having a segment that's really kind of like the meat of this segment is going to revolve around uh, a number of women that were murdered mm-hmm. uh, in 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 Ohio. It's like feel I feel like the segment like by calling it the investigators and, and ostensibly like I mean it's really only fe- like the investigator is only really featured or or the topic for like the first minute or two like mm-hmm. oh I decided to go look you know look up look some stuff up mm-hmm. and it's just like well, he's not the focus of the segment after that but anyway yes let's get on let's get on with this segment uh yeah, let's talk about it. So um so there's a there's a fella. Um anyway, the, the long and short of it is this. The Ohio in Ohio police think that there's a serial killer and in the segment we kind of get this body of evidence uh with a very very cool map. The unsolved mystery maps, yeah. the interstate maps are back and it, it basically lays out that many um prostitutes who worked along the interstate Okay, I'm using unsolved mysteries word prostitute here. I can say sex worker, but they said prostitute. I'm just going to say sex worker for the rest of this because just the other word feels very like very jarring to me. Um, Yeah. And and especially considering that the segment kind of like one of the themes uh, that they discussed was like why, why, why these particular group of women are, Mm -hmm. are, are so so prone to be to to be victims uh, of these sort of crimes too and how society kind of just like shrugs its shoulders right to a degree absolutely over there yeah i mean uh unrelated to this maybe um you know i i think well, I'll hold on. Let me form a thought here. Okay. So when I went uh, around the year 2002, 2003, I was maybe it's 2001, 2002. I was out. Um, my mom was living in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina at the time. And I went to visit her for an extended period of time. And I remember reading in the local paper that a handful of um, black sex workers had been found murdered uh, around the oh, area, wow. but it was, it was so wild to me because I'm like, okay, well, this is obviously like a serial killer situation. And it wasn't, it was just like local news. You know what I mean? It wasn't like breaking out into to national news. So, I mean, already, like when you have a situation where you, as the, as the police and as the investigator in this um, segment aptly pointed out, you have, a person who is sort of considered disposable by society, they kind of become ideal uh, victims for someone with these ill intents. So, uh, Mm because typically these these people aren't, won't have families coming to look for them. And the police don't prioritize uh, seeking out the killers in these cases. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, You don't want Mm -hmm. to think anyone's life has a value that's greater than the others, but, you know, the police have to, like, distribute their resources accordingly, so it seems to be pretty easy to get away with murdering um, 
women in this type of profession. So very interestingly, though, um, Robert Stack does some narration about how like America's Heartland truck stops are are there's a seedy <laughs> underbelly and. And I'm like, as a right. as opposed to what the wholesomeness of a flying J and Interstate, you know, seventy. Like, what is what? What did we think was going on out there? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> well, what is the flying J? The, a flying J is like a it's like a uh, uh, chain of. Uh, okay, well, obviously you've not spent time on the interstate the way that I have. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> spent a lot of time on these interstates out here um but anyway the the uh the investigator michael barons you know is talking about how uh you know trucks park at these uh truck stops at night and these little cities are formed for one night and and then they disperse in the morning and i really thought the way that he was talking about it was sort of like bittersweet and kind of poetic like that's true you get all these people parked in this one spot for the night and you know they have um wants and desires and they're lonely just like the rest of us so there is an a vice trade that is sprung up amongst um amongst these truck stops and so basically unsolved mysteries like takes us through the whole trade and they're like okay so the sex worker gets uh on someone's cb gets on a cb radio and it's just like uh you know um nasty gal 88 is online and then some truck will be like oh okay i'm the blue you know semi but then in the reenactment they show someone like getting in the truck and being like oh how you doing sweetheart and he's like i'm better now and then like they do they turn their trick or whatever and then they get on the cb radio again to go on to their next job so um the focus of this segment is a 27 year old woman named anna marie patterson um, they say that she was the sixth victim of this killer. There was eight in total. Um, and with all the bodies that were found along the interstates, like jewelry and clothing had been removed, which suggests, I think, you know, we've all seen, we've all seen movies that that's some kind of trophy keeping by the killer, but like, I'm not, you know what, maybe it's not. So let's just move on from that idea because I am not an FBI agent. Okay. Eight women, and the sixth was Anna Marie Patterson. Um, she, the last stop she made was with a someone who called himself Doctor No as a CB, uh, CB radio handle. Um, and then initially she turned him down because everyone else like was just kind of afraid of him, um, mm-hmm. or maybe they just like really didn't like that movie but anyway uh so she said that you know she was she had told i don't know who she's telling this to i don't know who i don't know who they interviewed for the segment because we just get the investigators perspective but um she initially didn't want to go there and then she eventually did and then she was never seen alive again and all i gotta say just like on that podcast my favorite murder listen girls you gotta trust your gut like if it's telling you don't don't do it you gotta listen you gotta listen to that you know i'm not saying it's her fault at all i'm just saying like for everyone else please if you have a funny feeling trust it uh so she was actually found about a month later in a a drainage ditch uh and so the autopsy showed that her body had been stored somewhere like in a freezer for several weeks before being dumped 
in the drainage ditch. Um, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not unsure, but I think they mentioned in passing that she was six months pregnant when she was found, which is extra horrifying, but that might've been somebody else. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, unsolved mysteries goes through the list of all the other victims. Um, there's a weird scene where they show like a Jane Doe gravestone in Ohio. Um, and then there's some like white text, you know, the white text that gets added later, uh, pops mm-hmm. up saying that that woman had actually been identified, but then there's no other information. Um, and then, so they say that his CB handles for this, whoever this guy is, or Dr. No stargazer and dragon, um, there aren't a lot of details about him. Uh, he's, you know, he's never been identified. And so basically, um, at the end of the segment, there's like just a lot of dead women and no update. And, and also like, I think we, we part with an ominous shot of like a truck driving Mm -hmm. away. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a rather dreary segment. And I, I, and this is where I just, I kind of like, as I was saying at the beginning, I kind of feel like Unsolved Mysteries kind of like didn't do these women justice by like making them the subject of the, the segment. Instead, the segments about this like reporter who just, you know, lo- looked up, looked up some, some, some cases. Yeah. I, well, it seems like he was the one that was really starting to, put the dots together well yeah we we weaving together that the these these could these were all related yeah mm-hmm. yeah um oh well that that was a cheery yeah well i just uplifting. i just i just uh i what i did think was interesting about the segment is that it was probably for a certain segment of people watching it very illuminating as to what is going mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. on out there um yeah you know so you know during the daytime a truck stop is someplace you can if you're on a road trip with your family you can like stop and get something to eat and freshen up and whatever else and like the gas in the car yeah yeah yeah. yeah. uh but then at night you know it's a whole nother situation so yeah, the the, the reenact when when they start talking about the the nature of truck stops, the reenactment like it shows all these trucks and it shows like reenactors like ex- you know like ex- plane truck drivers like exchanging like mysterious small bags of stuff and women getting in and out of trucks mm-hmm. and it's just they really yeah they really convey like whoa. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I'm not going to stop at a truck stop at night. Uh, yeah, I drove. Well, the reason I have so much experience with the interstate is because my mom lived out in North Carolina. So when I was 18, I drove from Reno all the way out to North Carolina, and um, you know, oh, wow. it obviously involved a lot of interstates and a lot of truck stops to stop and get gas and whatever else. But like, I mean, I I did my best to get in and out. And not draw attention to myself. Do you know what I mean? So. Oh. Um, interesting. Just because like. You can't be. Can't. You can't be a single woman. You can't be. A, I was young. I was 18. Like you can't be like a young woman. Just like out on oh, the man. interstate. And like call attention to the fact that you're alone. 
you know, so, yeah. um, so, I mean, fortunately, like nothing, no one, I mean, I got a few sideways looks, but like nothing ever happened to me, but I was also very careful to just keep, keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Anyway, uh, so do you want to talk about a ghost? Let's talk about ghosts. I want to talk about a spooky house that has a ghost in it. Well, good. Then we can talk about ghosts. Let's talk about uh, ghosts. Our, yeah, our segment, uh, it takes us to New Jersey at a, uh, at a mansion that you, uh, you rather liked the, the rather liked. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. When, yeah. It's like a Tudor. Yeah. They call it Beatty castle, but it's like a mm-hmm. Tudor style. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. It's got a mix of styles in it, so it's kind of like prelude to a McMansion, I guess. But <laughs> prelude to a McMansion. Yeah, I like that. Yes, um, yeah. This this castle was um, put together starting what, like in the nineteen twenties, um, by a New York adver- advertising executive named Bill Beatty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, his plan was he was going to make this castle and have like a bunch of bungalows, and it was going to be like a, what an artist retreat or something, something like that. Uh, which which sounds sounds pretty cool. Unfortunately, he passed away before he could really see his dream be completed and come to fruition. And uh, as a result, apparently his ghost uh, lingers on at the the mm-hmm. castle. Uh, we learned that the it served as like a what like a boys yeah it was um, a boys school for a while boarding school or something yeah and they said they would hear like organ music playing even though there was no organ in the school apparently Bill loved playing uh, pipe organ yeah. so, so I guess this this was the work of his ghost and you know decades go by and eventually the house is purchased by. Uh, Carol and Donald Berlin name Ber- Berla game. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Don and Carol, they, they, they get the house and they, they kind of, you know, they're, they're renovating it and they, they kind of begin to believe that the house is haunted. They know <laughs> in their interview and they look very interesting as a couple, like, you know, Don is wearing this interesting hat. Uh, they talk about how they know this amateur parapsychologist. Is there any other kind? Well, I have PhDs in parapsychology and psychology. <laughs> you beat me to it. Um, and she comes to investigate and she tells them, hey, there, there is a presence here, but it is not malicious in any way. So, you know, don't. Yeah, and they're like, well, should we try to have a seance or, or get rid of it? And she's like, no, you don't just, you know, just, just, just leave him be. He's, he's not going to hurt you or anything. And so, uh, they, they, be, you begin to get the recounting of a number of, um, just sort of humorous incidents. It kind of, it reminds me of very early on in an unsolved mysteries. They had the segment on the, general wayne in mm-hmm. where like the ghost there the, uh, the ghost or ghost where uh they engaged in all sorts of um 
practical jokes yeah. like fooling around with the TV and yeah. I remember the the bartender there recounted how like he once saw one ghost that was going along what, what was he he was he was poking uh the back of like everyone at the bar mm-hmm. uh just like going down the bar and like the the bartender talked about how 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 immensely amusing he found it just watching this happen and that's kind of what we got here is uh is a bill in ghost form is obviously a very fun loving guy yeah and, bill likes uh, his pranks uh, he likes to prank people you know he likes to do pranks yeah. can we talk about the bread and here's the thing crystal like this 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 particular segment was not on my ghost DVD of unsolved mm-hmm. mysteries. Yeah, I don't. Even though, I don't like, seeing it. I remember when when I'd seen this segment, the bread, like that thing, that bread in, the incident has stuck with me for years. Do do you are, are you feeling hot about the the bread segment? You want to talk about it? I mean, I <laughs> I I don't know that I feel hot about it, but it was very silly well, uh, and it made me tee hee hee. A whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, Carol's in the kitchen yeah. at, at the dining table, and she likes to leave the bread out on the counter. Yeah, it's more uh, convenient. It's accessible. She's not wrong. Yeah. That's what I do. I, I I didn't realize there was any any other way to well, do that. Well, you can that. put it in the bread box, or you can put it in the fridge, I guess, but you just leave it out. It's bread. When yeah. you, you know, you're, you're going to eat it. Right. Just leave it out. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it's, it was interesting that she felt like she had to justify that. Or, yeah, or that whatever, was interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, she, um, she recounts how, like, uh, she would turn around and the bread would be on the floor. And there was no dog around that was, like, pointed on the floor or anything. So she'd get up, put it up, and as soon as her back was turned again, the uh, and they have a nice little, like, little trick where they show the bread being like lifting up like levitating on a string off the counter and then (laughs) down onto the floor floor and you know this happens a few times and then she's finally like okay bill i get it knock it off yeah um i mean the bread thing is very silly yeah you know and it's it's like so it's like it's the it is totally non-threatening it's just like bill's like i'm just gonna put the bread on the floor I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the kind of ghost that that you uh, you would prefer to be haunted by. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then th- and then and they recount um, uh, like she she left all the windows open one mm-hmm. time and her and Don were going out. Mm-hmm. Don was told her like bear close those windows. It's gonna rain. And she's yeah. like, it's not gonna rain. And, and then he was like, yeah, it is you sure silly enough, bitch. <laughs> It was it was weird how he like just said that in the reenactment too. I thought, <laughs> right, right, uh, very very interesting dynamics going on in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it, it starts raining really heavily, and when they get back, uh, Bill has closed all the windows. Yeah. So he obviously you know he did he didn't want didn't want the rainwater gain in and, and, and damaging stuff and. I guess they, you know, they've, they've basically, they've, uh, they live in, you know, they basically live in, in more or less harmony. Like Carol Mm -hmm. recounts how she was just sort of talking out to the, you know, room or whatever, uh, um, one time and just telling Bill like, look, you know, I, I don't mind you're here and you're, you're welcome to be here as long as you want. Just, 
you know, the one thing I ask is just don't materialize in front of me because then I'm going to end up in a padded cell somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like come to a agreement with your, with your hauntings. Right. Right. You know, precisely that, that that's where like in the movie Beetlejuice, you know, they just, mm-hmm. they got off on the wrong foot. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. They wanted, well, I mean, they wanted to make the house hideous. Um, God, all that stuff is just atrocious to look at. You know, I I mean, this is Beetlejuice really a movie about interior design. Beetlejuice is a movie about interior, interior design. Mm. That's, that's the whole thing. I mean, you you strip that out. You really don't have much of a movie left afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, you real. I mean, that's kind of the catalyst, right? Because it's um, Gina Davis's and uh, Alec Baldwin's ghosts that you know they had such a quaint, like they were really going for like cottage core, and then like these, I don't know, I assume New Yorkers, these fashion people move in, right? And uh, they, 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 yeah, weird looking sculptures and yeah. Like a deck that, like, it has a wall on one on one side, yeah. so it looks like it's a like one fourth completed room. Yeah, and yeah, just it just looks atrocious. And then finally, like the at the end of the film, they what was it? They they kind of they they they, they strike a middle ground where it's where it's just sort of like it just looks like a normal house at the end. Yeah, and it's just like it's a nice sort of like. You know, uh, a synth, you know, a synthesis of, you know, of of both that they could both live with, and um, you know, it's 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 just a really nice ending. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm sorry. What were we talking I didn't about? Mean I was just like really thinking about Beetlejuice. For gosh, yeah, maybe we, sh- maybe, maybe we should maybe for our yeah do a Beetlejuice. Maybe we uh, do special. Maybe we yeah. do that one where I eat a. One where I eat a bunch of Halloween candy during it too. Let's talk about that. Yeah, after we'll the talk pod. about that off pod. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, Beatty Manor or, or Castle. Um, you know, we we get like a couple of recountings of stuff that happened earlier. Like Bill's widow actually apparently saw him, and she was in the company of someone who who related this story to to Don and Carol. About how they like they saw him up on the second level, looking down at them, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then I didn't I never could quite un- get like they they throw in another quick thing and I don't they don't I feel like they don't even identify who this person is just that it's like a very serious individual arrives at the house and there's like. A man, you know, dressed very formally out on the front, and the the guy's like, "Hey, can I help you?" Hello, and then the man just vanishes in smoke, mm-hmm. and and the guy goes over to where he was standing. Um, you know, it's so it's I mean, it's overall, it's just it, it's a fun little uh, rec- uh, accounting of a. A castle, a small castle in New Jersey, Jersey, where there is a um, a very playful ghost mm-hmm. uh, hanging around. Uh, so if you are a playful ghost, I don't know. I'm trying to segment or segue. 
whatever that whatever you call this if you are a playful ghost and you would like to get in touch with us um i would love to hear if you guys if you like you have a ghost story and you feel like sharing it we'll read it um we still want to hear your shitty small town stories so you can email us at reenactedpod at gmail.com um we're on we're on twitter occasionally it's uh at reenactedpod we also have um a struggling patreon and i feel bad asking anyone for anything because i know times are really tight right now um you know but if you want to contribute to extra content or just keeping the lights on over here at reenacted pod um we have a patreon and it's www.patreon.com slash reenacted pod uh robbie is the facebook still going and if so why is anybody on that health site anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep are you over there are you still on facebook are you are you keeping up on those folks yo man let me tell you like uh i get uh, my blood has been boiling in the last couple of months on facebook so i can only i can only uh, imagine it's still just an atrocious place it's really the death of democracy over there uh, <laughs> we Maybe we just need to, to like just shut down the internet for a few years until we until everyone can learn how to use it responsibly. I agree. Right. Um, yeah. I mean that sounds that sounds like I'm like not pro First Amendment or freedom of expression or whatever. But the thing is, like, you guys did a bad job with the internet. You took Al Gore's internet and then you ruined it. <laughs> Instead of making us smarter, it has made us dumber. Yeah, well, it certainly put everyone in their own little bubbles. So, um, you know, I don't like I don't like that one bit. So I'm not on Facebook, but if you're there, I'm sorry. I'm not judging you. I understand that you want to see your high school teachers, baby pictures or whatever the fuck you're doing over there. So I guess Reenacted Pod is there, too. Um, uh, Robbie. Uh, do you do you want to clo- put the closer on this our 69th episode? Nice. Our third anniversary uh, prelude to Halloween 2020 colon the ghosts are inside the house. How would you like to end this episode? I, I appreciate the tremendous. Um the gravitas that you have added to this this episode mm. and the moment we are and all right i will okay join me next time for a special edition of unsolved mysteries